Well, hello, and welcome back to Kindled. It's me, your host, Haley. I am back for season four. Um, I cannot believe that it has been almost four years since I started this podcast, but here we are. We are at it again. I can't stay away. I won't stay away. Um, I'm so excited to be back with you guys. It's been a great break over the summer. I took a couple months off of publishing uh, to be with my family and my kids uh, while they were off school, and that was incredible. I'm so glad I did that, and I'm also so glad to be back. I don't want to spend a real long time giving some big overview or anything, but I do want to let you know that uh, as this podcast has continued to develop and grow and change alongside my own personal development and growth, Um, I will be continuing on the trajectory that I've been on for, you know, the last year and a half to two years now, which is continuing to discuss uh, cultural, theological, political, uh, all the topics from a biblical worldview. That's what I do. I want to, I want to evaluate everything that we come across, ideas, mantras, cultural shifts, uh, political policies, whatever it might be, theological topics and conversations, debates, anything from a biblical worldview. I want to know what does the Bible say about it? What does God's word say? How do we think rightly about it? How do we uh, stand firm in the truth? How do we be unmoved? Uh, There's so much constantly coming at us every single day in our news feeds, on our phones, um, just from our own personal lives. And I know that as a mom, it can feel very overwhelming to stay up with what is happening in the world while also, you know, taking care of kids or, you know, working, doing whatever it is you do in your life. Um, There's a lot to deal with. And I want to be one place that you can turn and come to for sound thinking, sound evaluation, scripture. I want to think through things um, well. And ultimately, I want to bring God glory with this podcast. That's the whole point. If I'm not doing that, then it is a complete waste of my time. So before we get started, um, I am chatting with my husband today, Joey, and he's so awesome. You're going to love him if you've never heard an episode with him. I've had him on a couple times, I believe. Um, But we are talking about Christians being engaged in politics and whether they should, how they can do so rightly. Does the Bible really authorize us to be engaged in politics? We are going there. We're having that conversation today. Um, But before I get into that, I do want to let you know about the first sponsor who's making today's episode possible. That is Little Light Artisans. Little Light Artisans are gorgeous earrings that are handcrafted from start to finish. This is a small Christian family-owned business that makes handcrafted wood and resin earrings. This is a very unique material. It's super lightweight. They are a decent size though, and they give you that statement earring look, which I love, without the weight and the pull on your earlobes that just drives you crazy. Much like the name, these earrings actually catch and reflect light. Guess that's why they named it Little Light Artisans because they are very beautiful. They're kind of this marble look. I don't really know how to describe it. You need to just go look at their Instagram. Check it out at Little Light Artisans. And the owner, Lauren, is giving Kindled listeners 20% off on all orders over $100 with the code TAKE20. You can order at their website, littlelightartisans.com. Okay, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with my husband, Joey Williams. All right, so today on Kindled, I am chatting with none other than Joey Williams. 
Hello. Hi, Joey. I am he. You are. Thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. <laughs> My schedule is really packed, so um, you're lucky I yeah, fit squeeze you in. me in. Yeah. Um, yes, this is my husband, Joey, for anyone who has never, uh, heard his voice, met him, here he is. He is the leader of our family and the head of this household. Yes, yes, I am. Joey is joining me today because, um, we're kicking off this season. This is season number four for Kindled. So, uh, it's been almost four years that I've been doing this. Is that crazy? It is crazy. It goes, it has gone by fast and completely changed from when you started, right? Yes, it has. Um, and that's kind of what is prompting this conversation today is, uh, the, the direction that this podcast has taken and it will continue to, to go in, in this new season. So, uh, you know, just as a way of introducing the topic that Joey and I are going to discuss today, I will share that, you know, Obviously, now, today, if you've been listening to Kindled, you recognize and you know that I discuss uh, culture and Christianity from a biblical worldview. And that means we talk a lot about politics, a lot about controversial things that are going on in the world, um, hot topics, things that uh, require us to actually go to God's word and see what the Bible says about how we engage as Christians and what where do we draw lines and, and how do we, um, you know, rightly approach a given issue? I didn't always do that. And, you know, as I have grown in my faith and maturity, and as I have seen the importance of, um, having a biblical worldview and applying that to the toughest things in life, in our real lives, um, it has just impressed upon me that that is what we need more of. We need more people who are able to have these conversations with grace and truth. And so that is what I've been doing on Kindle for the last couple years. Um, and, you know, just to be transparent, I think that these conversa- conversations are often really challenging. I mean, they're really hard for us to figure out sometimes, like, how do we actually a- approach this with grace? Because you and I, I mean, you and I have a very similar approach to these things. We, we often have a really certain conviction one way or the other. Like we, we instantly kind of have like a gut or, um, I don't know. And, and, and we, we know what we believe and, uh, you better, better not stand in our way a lot of times. Yeah. And which so is not always good. Yeah. I mean, we, we know what we believe, but I think we're, we're still learning how to apply, that to the real world and still have grace for people who don't agree with us and don't believe what we believe or aren't there yet. Um, you know, it's like, I don't want to say cage stage, but that might be. Yeah. You've, you've called me that before. <laughs> called you that, but, um, but anyway, so like, as I have shifted this podcast to talking about these things, um, there's also been like a broader conversation in, I don't know if you could say pop Christianity or just popular, like the, the conversation in, uh, amongst Christian, um, organizations and influencers and, and podcasters and authors, there's been a lot of talk about should Christians be engaged in politics and what is the role of the Christian in politics? And obviously we've had a very contentious, you know, four, eight, 12 years in American politics, particularly that have 
led to a ton of division in our country, in our nation, and also a lot of division in our relationships, like down on the micro level. And, um, you know, again, transparently, like that has caused us a lot of personal um, upheaval too in our, in our friendships, like, yeah, yeah, close relationships. And so, um, this isn't something that we like, don't bat an eyelash at and think, you know, oh, everybody just suck it up. What's the big deal? Like, I think you and I have come to understand the gravity of Christians engaging in politics. And it's actually something that we feel very strongly convicted that we must do. And we're going to unpack why. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think that um, as the culture and the secular world around us that's becoming more and more secularized, more and more, um, I mean, evil in a, in a lot of ways gets louder, um, Christians have to be loud too. And I think that that's something that we are coming to realize um, the more and more we kind of have our eyes open to what the world wants, which is everything um and what the world's goal is which is to destroy us ultimately um we need to be louder we need to fight harder we need to um lean on christ more we need to know our bibles better we need to have better uh communities and stronger communities we need to be in churches that are actually churches that are actually preaching the gospel not just kind of like our pastor said today not country clubs or cool kid clubs or click clubs or you know social justice clubs but actually like gospel preaching churches because that will equip us to do the battle that is is here and now and will continue to i think Mm -hmm. rage on harder Mm mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I agree with everything you said. And, um, yeah. So the question becomes, um, you know, as I prefaced, should Christians really be engaged in politics? And, uh, and in this conversation of, of policies and whether that be on a local level, uh, with things that people all over the country and the world have been dealing with, like mask mandates and, school boards and local county officials or city, you know, mayors, um, whatever it may be, or even governors, uh, there's been a lot of, you know, a a lot of upheaval in our nation in the last 18 months in regards to COVID. And, uh, you know, Ali Stuckey says this all the time, politics matter because politics impact policies, which impact people. So politics matter because people matter. And God made people and they are his creation and they are made in his image. And uh, the very same way that you and I, you know, agree that abortion is murder because it is destroying the life of someone who bears God's image, someone who is uh, made by him, for him, through him and to him. We do not have the right to take that life because we don't own it. God owns it. And so we recognize there's value in that life in the very same way. Uh, we need to, as Christians, apply our biblical understanding of humanity, history to all areas of life. And that includes the way that we engage with both one person and many people, which is what politics is. I think that, you know, that is uh, how do people live together? Like, that's really what it comes down to. If you're confused about what do we mean by politics? We're talking about how do human beings live together in community? 
You know, we're not, none of us are on an island. Very probably few of us. Maybe <laughs> some of you are. If so, I would love to come visit you. But most of us are not living uh, isolated in this vacuum. We are living amongst other people in neighborhoods or apartment buildings or uh, cities. And so we are in community, which means that we have certain policies that govern how we live together um, for the good, for the, for the good of the individual and the good of the whole. And so, um, so Joey, I'll kick it off to you. Yeah. Should Christians be engaged in politics? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think unequivocally so they should. I think that you, um, you think about the people that you would want informing and, and crafting policy, uh, of course you would want a Christian informing policy and crafting policy because those Christians hold the exact same view and value, like you said, of life and, and what we are and who we are, um, as you do as a, as a believer. So why wouldn't we want Christians to be involved in the policy making, involved in the policy practice, involved in creating the laws that are going to affect people in on a whole. It's the mm-hmm. exact same thing. Like uh, Dave Ramsey says, even if you're not a Dave Ramsey fan, he says, of course he wants the Christians to have all the money because they'll do good with it. Mm-hmm. You want the Christians, the people who ultimately bow to God alone Mm -hmm. to be the ones with the money and the power, because then you know that they will look to God and they will steward that power well and that money well and those relationships well, Mm -hmm. right? We don't want people who are sitting at the heads of these school boards and the heads of these, you know, county commissions who are only looking after themselves uh, because they'll do whatever they want without any thought of the good of the created being who is ultimately God's alone. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, it is, it's, it's a little, it's silly when people, you know, say, well, you know, I'm, I'm personally this, but politically not that it's like, like you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Say you know, I'm, I'm personally pro-life, but not politically pro-life. It's like, so you say that for you personally, killing a baby is murder, but for everybody else, it isn't. That doesn't make any sense, and I would I would venture to bet that you don't actually know what you're saying, and you're afraid to actually make a stand. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot of a lot of what we talk about is people are afraid. People are afraid to stand in front of a county commission and say, "Hey, you're wrong," for X Y Z reasons, mm-hmm. or to run for office, or to you know speak out in any capacity because they're afraid. But because because they know, like I think. There's a reality that they know that what the Bible says, and if they're Christians, like we're talking about when we say we're people are afraid, you're you're talking about Christians. Yes. Many Christians would say, well, I don't know if we should really be engaged with politics. And I think that's because they know that their beliefs and that the Bible's um, statutes and God's word actually goes, it flies in the face. It goes up against, it is in direct opposition to what the world tells us is good or right or true or lovely or noble it it tells us that you know men can be become women and that gender is a spectrum and fluid and that um you know pedophilia is just a sexual orientation and if you disagree you're homophobic or transphobic or a bigot or a bigot or a bible banger or outdated or all these things and i think that a lot of christians 
who don't like this conversation around politics, they know, I mean, I mean, maybe not all of them, but a lot of people know that the Bible goes, um, that, that really to align yourself with, with Christianity, with what God's word says is to be hated. And it's easier for them to say, no, it's okay. Don't worry. I'll just keep my faith over here in this little box. That is my personal conviction convictions. This is just my truth. This is the truth I allow to, and I, I want to guide my life, but I don't want it to guide yours. That's on, you know, my truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. You do you, I'll do me. We can just live in, in perfect harmony and sing Kumbaya around the campfire together. The problem is that, that like, that is not what the word of God says. Like, we, we are not to give, um, you know, that's basically like saying that that's actually just the same as what the world says, which yeah. is, you know, uh, uh, relativism, moral relativism. And, and I do know there is no absolute truth. What you're doing when you say that is you're agreeing with the world that there is not absolute truth instead of agreeing with God that his word is sufficient, inerrant, perfect, and complete. And that what he says, it goes. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I think there's a, an authority issue there. These Christians, uh, whether they be woke Christians or liberal Christians, or just even maybe misled Christians, are really asserting their authority over God's when they say that. That only needs to impact me. It doesn't need to impact others. As though God didn't say that it was true for everyone. It's not right. just true for you. It's right. true for all of us. I want to take a second to let you know about my next sponsor, and that is Alongside Them. Do you long for your kids to know Jesus? Are you looking for a simple and streamlined way to help you teach them about him? Let me introduce you to the Basics Catechism and the Commandment Catechism from Alongside Them. This company creates biblical resources for family discipleship. This catechism is based on a Baptist catechism and is written with simple and short answers that are easy for your little ones to repeat and remember. A scripture reference is included on each page to help you dig deeper into God's word together. This book has durable flip pages with modern design. Uh, it's great for multiple different ages that can learn together from toddlers to parents. You can easily integrate this into your Bible time, family worship, or morning basket. Use the code KINDLED5 for $5 off your order of $16.50 or more. Visit their shop at etsy.com slash shop slash alongside them and follow them on Insta at alongside them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if you, I think it's interesting because, um, if you know your Bible and if you if you understand, like, that's the funny thing about those Christians who are like, oh, well, I believe what Jesus has said. It's like, well, let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus says in Matthew 10, verse 16, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake. To bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, don't be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Mm -hmm. So if you actually proclaim Jesus, you will be hated. It's just going to happen. Yeah. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And mm -hmm. that's, and in, in all honesty, it's, it's getting worse. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. right? If you thought that you were going to be able to continue to say, oh, you do you, I'll do me, I'll love Jesus, you don't have to. That's not what Jesus says. And it's not enough for the world anymore either. Like that's not, that isn't actually allowed. Like our, our culture has been content up till the last I don't know, five, five yeah, five or six years to been content to leave Christians to themselves and their Bibles and their, their ethics. And yeah, you just, you know, good, do your Christian thing. You guys are weird. That the, the environment is changing. It's mm-hmm. shifting mm-hmm. and it's no longer this like amicable, like kind of, um, I don't know, like live and let live, like we'll do our thing. Like it roommates is, who don't really like each other. Yeah. Now now it is it is no longer just the roommates coexisting and sleeping in the same place but not having a relationship. It is one roommate has decided to say who you are is not okay mm-hmm. and what you believe is unacceptable. And not only that, but it's actually morally reprehensible. And you don't actually even deserve to uh, exist in society or in community. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to be re-educated. You need to have your, you know, everything about what you believe literally stamped out. Like, I, you, that's, we don't want that anymore. We don't want that in our culture. You're polluting, Mm -hmm. uh, you're polluting society. You're, you're, you're hateful. And, Mm -hmm. and we're, and Christians are are being demonized, which is not obviously the first time in history that's happened. Um, There's been a, a long history of persecution, obviously, um, for the church, but we have in America, we have lived the last 250 years in relative freedom compared to the rest of the history of the whole world. And we have enjoyed religious freedom. We've enjoyed the right to worship God mm-hmm. freely. And um, I think that many of us have taken that for granted and um, just gotten very accustomed to that and thought that the world, that, that, America, the rest of America agreed that we should have that right. Mm -hmm. But as you know, the public education system has indoctrinated people and taken, you know, individuals as they've grown up further and further away from the truth, from any semblance of absolute truth. I think that we're seeing that the tolerance for Christianity is running out Mm -hmm. and for, for God's truth ultimately. Yeah. And I mean, if you, and then it goes, it goes back to, well, who is driving individuals drive the one-on-one conversation about hey christianity is a cancer right their words not mine obviously but you know what they then go turn around and do they get involved in politics Mm -hmm. and then they create legislature and laws and mandates and this that and the other to actually make it legally okay to hate christians or to shut churches down Right. Mm -hmm. And so the world is doing it. And that's where that Matthew verse be wise as serpents. The the that's that's a direct reference to the enemy of God, but then innocent as doves. So we need to be willing to take the route that is put in front of us by going into politics and not playing the same games. Right. And that's what we're not talking about. We're not talking about being dishonest or stabbing people in the back or, you know, being nasty, being nasty do it with uprightness. Um, but that is what those institutions are there for. They're put there by God mm-hmm. and we should engage in them in the correct way to give other people the opportunity to hear the gospel. Right. And to protect the life that God has given us and others. Yeah. Right. And so it's like it's kind of it's, again, baffling to me when people are like, oh, Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. It's like, well, the enemy is. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, why wouldn't we go to his battleground? Mm-hmm. We've already won the war. Mm-hmm. Satan can't touch us in any capacity if you're if you're redeemed and be, and believe that right. Christ is your Ultimately. savior. Yeah, so why would you not engage and and go to the battleground? It's like you said earlier, like someone is going to make a law. Sh- shouldn't it be a Christian? You would someone hope so. is going to have a million dollars. Shouldn't it be a Christian yeah. who is going to and this is not a, you know, I'm not advocating or or preaching health and wealth prosperity gospel that you're, you know, God wants to make you wealthy and wise. God might want you to stay poor. But like, my point is that um, in the hands of someone who glorifies God as their ultimate end and the purpose and how they live their lives, that million dollars is going to be stewarded well, according to, you know, how God tells us to and that uh, the money is is for his kingdom, ultimately, Mm -hmm. not just for us. And so, um, what we're saying is that if someone's going to make a law, it should be a Christian. Right. And so uh, by the same principle, like we as Christians should be engaged in politics because they impact policies, which impact people. People are made in God's image. People are the ones that we're supposed to make making disciples out of. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, in in absence of religious freedoms or liberties that we aren't going to still preach the gospel right. or that in the absence of, you know, a capitalism capitalistic uh economy that we can't preach the gospel of course we can mm-hmm. the gospel is thriving christianity is thriving in iran and in afghanistan mm-hmm. and in places all over the world where um there is much less religious freedom than there is here but it doesn't mean that we then say okay we should abandon all civic pursuits and all engagement in the public square and just throw our hands up and let's just go in into our house churches and go underground as quickly as possible and let's just forget about that entire world as though that isn't impacting people too. Mm-hmm. And I, my problem with this is like the love your neighbor crowd is so quick to say, love your neighbor, wear a mask, love your neighbor, get a vaccine. But they're not, it's like by the same, you know, the same rule, we could argue, love your neighbor, be in, involved in politics. Yeah. Love your neighbor, show up to the county commissioner meeting and speak. Be on, be on the school board. <clears throat> yeah, love, love your neighbor and be engaged. Yeah, love your neighbor's kids by stopping CRT from right. from calling everybody who isn't black a racist. You right. know, it's like, it's just, it's again, it's, it's, the mis, it's the misunderstanding of the Bible and what Christ actually says. Because that is... Yeah, it's it's just kind of crazy, and I think you it's like you want to you want to know what the world looks like when Christians stop being involved in politics. Look at the Democratic Party; they are they are the party they are the party of death that that celebrates abortion, mm-hmm. that love that that just applauds racism in in its truest form, that spits on the face of you know police officers and the military and. And they, they, they do not no care valuation about, they, of have, life. they have no value of life. That is what you get when Christians are not involved in politics. And not that the other side of the aisle is perfect anyway, because there are a lot of non-Christians on the other side yeah. of the aisle as well. But you and I do not believe like you can, yeah, that all conservatives are Christians. Correct. We don't, we don't believe that. We don't believe Republicanism is akin to being saved. No. Like we don't believe that. But we do see that there is a lot more alignment in terms of valuing life, um, at least in some conservatives and in in us as Mm -hmm. people who, when I say conservative, I think about, you know, a conservative should conserve, conserve values, conserve human dignity, worth. And those are values that I have 
uh, as a Christian, first and foremost. I'm not, I'm not first a, a Republican or first a conservative. I'm first a believer and follower in Jesus Christ. And his word is what shows me how I am to live in the world with people, how, uh, you know, humans were made in his image and that he is the one who owns our bodies and he is the one who has authority over his church and that ultimately creation um, is, is evidenced uh, evidence is the fact that there is a creator. And so all of this is for him. All of this is ultimately from him, through him, and to him. And I think that uh, that influence in civic life, I mean, I, I don't understand the idea that uh, that we care about, I don't understand from, from Christians who argue that, you know, we shouldn't be engaged in politics. Because I, I have, and, and this is not a straw man, I have talked to people who literally have told me, you should not be speaking about these things. You should not be engaged. Haley, you should not be encouraging resistance. You should not encourage resisting tyranny. This is godless. This is pagan. And I just, I I really don't understand that. I'm like, so, okay, let's boil this down to like, instead of talking about the federal government, let's bring this down to a local level. Let's bring this down to a one-to-one person, personal level. Like, if you saw a piece of trash, which this happens to us frequently because we always have our trash can overflowing. Uh, something <laughs> like a wrapper, like a snack bag, came out of your trash can and was blowing across your yard and headed towards your neighbor's yard. Are you telling me that it that you as a Christian should not, should not pick up that trash because, you know, ultimately we're after souls. And so that's that, just a physical That's, that's not preaching the gospel. Yeah, you're not that's... preaching. Well... You just need to care about souls. Don't pick up trash because that is just, you know, that's temporal. That's, that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's just earthly earthly and secular. Trash is secular. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, yes, of course trash is secular. Of course trash is not eternal. I know that. I know that the wrapper doesn't mean I'm saved or not saved. And it doesn't mean it's going to save my neighbor because I pick it up. But it is part of living out my convictions as a believer that I should not litter on God's earth. I should not... Uh, be inconsiderate of my neighbor by allowing my trash to blow into their yard. I should pick it up. I should do the right thing. There's there's a categorical, absolute truth, right thing to do in that situation. And it's to pick up the trash. Mm-hmm. Because you, we are actually told in the Bible to, uh, I don't know if you've heard this, love your neighbor. You know? And, <laughs> no, that's a new one for me. Yeah, well, Never it's, in, it's in there somewhere. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, this is something that people have loved to say for the last 18 months. Um you know, going on two years with, in regards to COVID stuff, like love your neighbor and fill in the blank, do whatever virtuous act they want you to do. But somehow we, we can understand it when the world tells us to love our neighbors. But when Christians say, love your neighbor and be engaged in, in your community, be engaged in what's happening in the world, be engaged in international policies, be engaged in voting for a president that will, you know, as closely as possible uphold what values uh, the Bible gives us. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we have trouble understanding the, the how that can be consistent with a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. We, we we call that Christian nationalism, uh, or you know, or something else where you know um, that it's just demonized and it's it's basically. I, I think truly, it's just a lie from the enemy as a means of disempowering Christians from having influence in the world. Yeah, and I, again, it's like. Uh read your read your bible and let it transform you and let the holy spirit transform you it changes everything Mm -hmm. right and if you have a clear view of god's justice 
and God's word and what God values and you are truly transformed and you are aligned with what God values and what God says is right and wrong, you will not be able to help it. Yes. But mm-hmm. to get involved when you see true injustice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the world's garbage version, uh, version of injustice, which is like which is actually perceived injustice, right? Mm-hmm. It's not actually true injustice. Because true injustice is sin against a holy God. Mm-hmm. And actually the true injustice is that any of us get to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's injustice, which God made just through his son. Mm-hmm. And so once you understand true injustice, you can look at everything else going on and then see real injustices that grieve the heart of God, like people celebrating abortion, like school boards taking away the right for parents to parent their children, like the government cramming racist garbage Mm -hmm. down kindergartners' throats and transgender trash theory through our through mm. our public school system telling a telling a kindergartner what do you feel like today Johnny you want to wear a dress okay we won't tell your parents we'll, we'll call, call you, you Sally yeah. today no that is injustice mm. and it should it should boil the christian's blood to watch injustice like that and if you sit idly by you need to kind of have a have a come to Jesus moment because that's that's <laughs> or come to Joey moment. Come to Joey moment, I guess. I'm getting hot and bothered up in here, but and everyone's like, I thought Haley was intense. Yeah, all right, not not all the time, but um, you know, that's those are things that you can directly directly kind of attack and change, and and you should you should do those things. You should be doing everything possible to not only protect what God has, has said is sacred and not, and protect what God sees as sacred, but also how loving is it for the Christian to help their unbelieving neighbor's children not be exposed to radical gender theory mm-hmm. in the public school system? If mm-hmm. your kids are in public school, how loving, how much more loving is that than wear a mask? Mm-hmm. You know how much something more, that doesn't actually work. Actually, work it actually it actually harms. It's like how much more mm-hmm. loving would it be if you could look across the street at your neighbor and you could be on the school board and say, "Hey, you know that that critical race theory that would make your white child feel like they're the worst human being in the world just because of the color of their skin." Mm-hmm. I stopped that for you. Mm-hmm. For I'm your fighting kid, that. I'm yeah. fighting that for you. Yeah. Or I'm fighting for your kids to be able to breathe clean air all day. Yeah. How much more loving is that? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, everything you said is spot on. Uh, one more example that came to mind from First, first Timothy 5, 8. Uh, it says, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I mean... There is a perfect example of the sacred impacting and informing the secular. We believe that our families are entrusted to us by God. Uh, The members of our household, you know, as parents, we know that our children are given to us as gifts. They're not ours to keep. They are on lend, you know, from God. (laughs) They are, but they are ours to steward and to provide for and to raise up and to, um, you know, shoot as as arrows into the world for Christ. And here in First Tim- Timothy, it's saying to us that 
if we don't provide for that household any, you know, presumably in a financial way, the four walls, like having a house, providing food, uh, a safe environment for our children, if we don't do that, and we could, it's we've denied the faith, we're worse than an unbeliever. That is the reason that is, is because God, you know, he can't both entrust you with children and say, they don't matter. Don't worry about it. They're secular. They're just, you know, they're just part of the world. It's like, it's, I don't know. I, sometimes I'm without words to even (laughs) respond to how frustrating this is, but, but the, you know, the, the point of kind of what we're saying here is that the Christian worldview speaks to all areas of life. And the message of the gospel is, um, according to Ephesians 2, 7 and 8, that by grace through faith, sinners can be reconciled with God. And so that message transforms individuals and enables them to lead godly lives, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to help it. And mandated by scripture, Christians are charged to share the good news and disciple others in faith. Um, that doesn't, which doesn't stop at the courthouse or mm-hmm. the commissioner's no, meeting or not. the mayor's mansion or wherever. It's like, oh, you know, they're... They're in a, le- you know, the legislative branch. We really, mm, yeah, we, we don't touch we that. We can't speak to them because they're, they're inside the political system. And that's just such a, like, to me, that is so evidently from the enemy. That's so evidently the devil telling Christians, that's not your realm. Yeah. That's not, stay you know, stay out of that. Christian. Stay out of there. You just go and win your little souls in your little neighborhood Bible study. Mm-hmm. Not to say we don't still do that. Okay. Like Haley speaking, not to say that's not important, <laughs> but almost like just, uh, relinquishing us to one domain Uh the one that is where you know we only we only think that we can um impact people on a on an individual level we don't believe that we should impact our society in any way Uh we well we can't say you know that's why we we're just personally pro-life not politically pro-life because if i'm politically pro-life then i'm pushing my christian beliefs on others and i don't think i should do that my response is well then then they're gonna push theirs on you Right. And are you going to then bend and succumb to what they say is true or good or right? Well, you better not because that's not the Bible does not authorize us to do so. So any thoughts on that, Joey? Yeah, I mean, I think um, we're we're kind of talking about how action is super important. And if the if the devil can get us to just feel things and, and not act and not do the difficult thing, well, then again, you see you see what we have in the world today, right? And it reminded me of um, the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. If you haven't read it, it's amazing. But um, in one of the letters that the devil and his nephew are writing to each other, um, he says... The, and this is... So explain the Screw oh, Tape Letters. Oh, the Screw Tape Letters is by C.S. Lewis, and it's written as a, as a series of letters... Um, by Uncle Wormwood, Wormwood, which is which is the name for the devil, and his nephew, who is a demon, um, who is who is trying to do the will of the devil on earth. Right. And so, so it's, it's from that perspective. So it's from that perspective. So anytime you hear like the enemy, well, that's actually the Christian is the enemy. Right. But um, it's really amazing. It's a, great a bit point. of a mind bender on the front end until you get used to it. But it's mm-hmm. awesome. But it it says in there one of the quotes is. The more often he feels without acting, the less he will be able ever to act. And in the long run, the less he will be able to feel. Mm. And and you see that with Christianity today, right? A bunch of a bunch of blah, boring, slothful Christians who who don't know what to do or how to act 
don't read their Bibles, don't, don't, aren't engaged at all and are filling the pews of these churches that are just a church by name. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's because the devil has lulled us to sleep. The devil has lulled the Christian to sleep by saying, oh, that's not your place. That's mm-hmm. not your place. Don't talk about leave that. Leave that to the politicians. Yeah, leave, leave that, that to, to the, the politicians. Be, be pro-life personally. Yeah, totally. He doesn't care about your personal no. personal convictions as long as it doesn't impact anyone else. Right. You know how ironic right. that, of course, he's like, yeah, yeah, get really fired up about that when it comes to you. But just don't push that on other right. people. Yeah, sitting sitting in your house... Go ahead and be be angry to the point of cussing about all of the aborted babies in the world, but don't go do anything about it. Yeah, don't don't, don't let that impact your vote. That's yucky. That's yucky. Don't yeah. talk about that. It's just kind of distasteful, and yeah. you know, you wouldn't want to push that on other people. It wouldn't be Christ-like. It wouldn't be loving. Right. Yeah. It, it's it, it would be very aggressive, and and right. people don't like that. And if you want to win people to Jesus, you just want to be kind of the most likable and right. laid back. Just come off as really, you know, uh, uh not not an affront to anyone's yeah. anyone's sensibilities. Yeah. Forget about the fact that Jesus walked into some of the most powerful people in his day's time and called them a brood of vipers, mm-hmm. which is the equivalent back then of spitting directly in someone's face mm-hmm. right it's like <laughs> well yeah to call the religious leaders the pharisees and sadducees a brood of vipers is like yeah yeah it's, i mean it's well, it's and if it's Je- political suicide right. really and if jesus was so nice he wouldn't have been nailed to a cross yeah if he wasn't offending anyone they wouldn't have killed him yeah like and and that's again i keep saying it i sound like a broken record people don't know know christ People don't know the God of the Bible. They don't know the Bible. They don't know his character. And that's where you get all of this, mm. you know, love your neighbor, wear a mask. Yeah, they've it's... they've feminized and, uh, and, I don't know, just basically taken the gospel and taken, taken the God of the Bible and, and feminized him mm. into, you know, into like kind of a, it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Like that's sort of, it's like, honey... I shrunk God and he's now bite sized, fits in my pocket, easy to take with me wherever I go. Not Um, powerful enough to affect legislation. He won't offend anyone. Yeah, just, you know, he's kind of off like it's me entering the room and then I've kind of got God behind me. He's got my back. It's not like he's he's my king. It's not like he's the one calling me to the front lines and he's the one charging before me in battle. No, 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 no. Like it, God is just kind of my little sidekick. He's mm-hmm. he's on my shoulder tapping me and saying, good job, buddy. Way to go. It's like that. It's just such a such a weak and diminished and, and feminized, uh, effeminate version of the God of the Bible that it's, it's not, it's not the God that I see in scripture. It's not the God that we know from scripture. I want to let you know about our next sponsor. And that is my friend Sue, who is passionate about helping women feel better from the inside out. By now, I'm pretty sure we've all heard that gut health is central to our overall health. If you're looking for a way to improve your gut health, decrease inflammation, and improve your blood sugar balance, look no further. Plexus products do just that by helping your body to get rid of the bad stuff and pave the way to better digestive health. Their products are non-GMO, 100% vegetarian, and many are gluten-free. Most importantly, the products work. My friend Sue is offering Kindle listeners 10% off welcome pack orders plus a free Plexus shaker bottle with a purchase of $50 or more. Find her on Instagram at seven in the woods. That's number seven in the woods on Instagram to start feeling better from the inside out today. 
Uh, yeah, to all those things. I mean, I think it's the the better question might be like, why are more Christians not engaged in politics? If you know all of these things about about the Lord, about what He wants for His people, why are why are we not? Why are more of us not engaged, you know, and, and our engage and let's, let's be clear here. Like our engagement is very small. Right. And so we're not saying, Hey, you have to go be the mayor. We're not running for office. No, right we're now. not running. <laughs> not, not right now. I mean, we got a little too much going on. Could we in the future? Possibly. But it's like Haley stood up in front of our County commissioners and, and gave a fiery speech. Granted, it didn't do anything in the long run to affect didn't change outcome, their mind, but... but but Haley stood up there with mm-hmm. conviction and multiple times since then, we have come across people in our church and in the community who saw that and have, have said to her, you know, thank you for doing that. Thank you for standing up. And, and then we can build relationships with those people. And, and eventually if God sees it fit, share mm-hmm. the good news our of Christ hope, yeah. our ultimate hope is like wow weren't you afraid to stand in front of the commissioners and tell them that they're making a big mistake it's like well yeah I was a little nervous but ultimately I know Christ is in charge so no mm-hmm. I I fear no one like mm-hmm. ultimately I don't fear anyone yeah you know and and we can we can do that you know it's and that's you're getting at the you're answering the question like why don't more Christians I think fear of man yep. is a major one and uh when you fear the wrong thing you can't fear the right thing which the bible commands us to fear god mm-hmm. and so if you're fearing man you're not fearing god rightly you uh, you have misplaced fear and you know the what the bible means when it says to fear god doesn't mean to literally be afraid of god in the in the human sense but to recognize his greatness his glory his awesomeness to understand yourself rightly in relationship to him. Like Mm -hmm. you are God and I am not, Mm -hmm. you know, you are in heaven and I am here on earth. Let my words be few. Like we have, we can rightly understand ourselves as humans, um, as his creation when we see his awesomeness and his glory and his renown and, and see that he is the one driving history forward. And we can willingly engage for the good of, uh, our, our families for the good of our society, our neighborhoods, our neighbors, we can, we can actually get involved. We can speak up and out, whether that be in social media or in a small conversation with friends or in small group or at a school board meeting, meeting, we can, we can be engaged in whatever way God might put in front of us. And perhaps it is just to teach our children and shepherd them around the breakfast table or have a family devotion. Um, we can do those things, uh, with right understanding of, you know, where they fit into the the bigger picture. They are not our hope. We aren't hinging our, our hope or our happiness or our joy on the outcome. Like Joey said, like my speech to the commissioners about, you know, the mask mandate for K through six a few weeks ago, um, was not like my, my Hail Mary pass at having a good year, like, or, or being happy or being content or secure or anything. It was, it was what I was compelled to do because of what I believe about, um, about who is the author of life and, and who owns our bodies and Mm -hmm. it's not the state and it's and the government does not get to tell me as a parent how to parent my children because 
God entrusted us with them, not our county. And so when it comes to their medical decisions, I believe the parent has the authority, not the state. And these are all, these are all just overflowing, um, implications of my own personal, uh, beliefs and and my faith in God and this is these are implications from my biblical worldview that must impact how I live in the world and if it didn't I I would be worse than an unbeliever because it would it would be a sign that my faith uh, you know was not actually real it didn't impact anything in the world other than just it's like all head knowledge it's not actually sunken down into your heart where it causes you to be um, you know, truly grieved over the state of our nation, you know, which I regularly am. Like, I regularly need to, to, you know, exit Instagram, turn off the news, leave my phone because I get emotionally overloaded with cares of, uh, you know, and caring for so much of the pain and injustice that I see, whether it be a two-year-old in a mask or children being thrown over barbed wire fences in Afghanistan, you know, mm-hmm. human life and human flourishing is literally being, um, you know, uh, is always what the devil is seeking to snuff out and to destroy. Mm -hmm. He came to steal, kill and destroy. So when you, where you see that happening in the world, in your nation, in your community, you can be assured that it is not from a neutral force that that evil is being perpetrated. It is from the enemy of God. It is from the, the, the evil one. And so the Christian should have, you know, the most motivation to be engaged, the most pure of heart desire to see God be glorified and to see his creation, um, you know, be uh, respected or, uh, you know, valued the way that he values them. Right. Um, and so I, I, I actually think that, you know, there is much more motivation for the Christian who understands that humans are not just material. We're not atheists who just believe this world is all there is and we're all just stardust. You know, we, right. we actually understand that there's souls in the balance right now. There are souls at stake. And um, and so we have, we have an, a, a very um, eternal reality and perspective with which to be engaged. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... And not that it's easy, not that it's, um, not that it always works the way we think it will. Um, but again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm big on, I'm, I'm big on what ifs a lot of times. And, you know, I think about, um, you know, what if we had, what if, you know, in the Canadian, you know, Canada is crazy right now. You have, you have some followers in Canada who listen in Canada, um, the Canadians have shut down churches, you know, the Canadian government has shut down churches. Wouldn't you wish that there were some Christians in the Canadian government right now willing to speak up? Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, wouldn't, you know, the sure, sure would be nice to have some Christians in Canada in parliament, mm-hmm. you know, speaking up or fighting for that or fighting, Christian judges or you know. yeah, Christian judges in the U S it's like, think of, think of all of Anywhere. the, the, yeah, anywhere, you know, there's the, we just saw on the news, there was a judge in Chicago who took custody away from a mom because she didn't get vaccinated because she had adverse reactions from vaccines. He took custody away from this mother who couldn't get a vaccine. 
wouldn't you wish that that guy was a Christian and wouldn't have acted in a way that is so despicably contrary to what yes. God says is true and good and holy? Mm-hmm. Because a Christian judge would never take away a child from a mother that was fit to mother. Yeah. Ever. Because they know it's not their child to take. Yeah, it's not. It's God's child. And their their job as a judge is to protect Mm -hmm. people through the working out of the law in the way that God has decided and dictated. Not according to worldly standards of vaccinated or unvaccinated, you know, and and that's just yeah, that's totally what we're saying is that the you know, so much of the overreach and the tyranny that we see today um, is a result of Christians actually having pulled back and left government years ago. Uh-huh. Like yep. that's because Christians got disengaged. Christians, uh, forgot that they were here to, uh, make disciples. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that we, we went into our churches and tried to turn our churches into social clubs, like you said, and tried to, you know, do evangelism from within the walls of the church instead of going out into the public square right. and evangelizing out there. You know, um, and our pastor said today, which I was convicted about, he said, like, our giftings as believers are given to us for the building up of the body. They are, uh, you know, where we do evangelism is supposed to be out there in the world. We're supposed to actually go outside the walls of the church and um, and share the gospel. But the Christian wants to stay inside the, you know, many Christians uh, the, the misinformed Christian wants to just kind of do everything from from inside the church. They don't really want to be bothered or. Um, you know, brought to a level of discomfort that they would have to experience if they were to share the gospel outside the four walls. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to, you know, like laugh it up in your small group and, and have all these, you know, really amazing conversations about your faith with other believers. It's much harder to go into the public square and say, actually, you do not have this authority, mm-hmm. you know, governor. You do not have this authority, Mr. President. This is that you're usurping God's authority when you say we will close churches, we will shutter mm-hmm. churches, or we will seize your building. You're usurping God's authority when you say, no, parents, your child must do this thing that is a medical thing, whether it be a vaccine or a mask or anything else. You're usurping authority that God has given to parents. It's not yours to take. Mm-hmm. To stand up to those magistrates, the lesser magistrates, is actually. Um, you know, a much more fearsome reality than just to do so in, in our churches. And so I think that there's fear of man and not enough fear of God, because mm-hmm. ultimately if we realize like God is the one whom we, um, who, who deserves our, our fear and our awe, like, you know, if, if God is for us, who can be against us? Whom mm-hmm. then shall I fear? I, I have no I have nothing to lose, you know, like for me to live as Christ, to die is gain, as Paul says in Philippians. And, and so, you know, if the worst comes to worst, if they kill me, if they throw me in prison, like it is for Christ's glory that I am living, not for my own. Um, and you know, ultimately this life is but a breath. And so I just think that it, this perspective allows us to both um, glorify God and to ultimately truly love our neighbor mm-hmm. by fighting for their rights, which mm-hmm. are not, they're not just civic rights. Like when, when people say that, you know, uh, that's a complaint a lot of times with conservatives, right? Like we only care about individual rights. Yeah. You just, you want to assert a... your rights over everyone. You, you know, the Christians supposed to be self-sacrificial, but like those very same people, 
uh, liberals and social justice warriors would, they would look back to, you know, we just got done celebrating like Juneteenth. They would look back to the abolition of slavery and they would say that was just, that was like the turning point of American history. Um, you know, slavery was the biggest blight on our nation's past. Uh, many people agree on that point. Well, the only way slavery was actually abolished was by an assertion of their rights as human beings, that they were not just, uh, you know, what was it? One third of a, a vote. Of a they were not a third of a person. They were property, a whole person. Property to be sold and purchased. They were, yes, that their bodies were not to be owned by other people, but that they were their own people, God's, God's creation and God's children. And so this, you know, this great thing that social justice warriors uh, recognize is good. It only happened by asserting rights and fighting for rights that had been usurped. Mm -hmm. And so it's the very same thing when it comes to abortion or anything else, any of these hot topics today, um, like COVID regulations and, and tyranny from these petty tyrants mm -hmm. that, that we've seen just pop up all over the nation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... Um... It's interesting, too, I think, because a lot of it comes from um, we as people are pretty prideful. I know as a man, I'm pretty prideful and I don't want to fail. Right. And so um, it's it's scary to stand up to people and it's scary to maybe fail, um, you know, mm -hmm. but but it's also it's also, um, yeah, we don't want to at the end of our lives think, man, I could have done more for the kingdom and more for my community. Um, and, and just say I was afraid, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think that that's, I think that's something that this last year has shown, um, has separated the wheat from the chaff in, um, who's, who's, who's ready to, to fight for what is true and who is not. You know, um, is the church going to stay closed? You know, if you're in a church that still isn't meeting because of COVID, mm -hmm. you should probably you find a new church. church yeah. Right. Um, because that, because that's insane. You know, that's, that's completely anti-biblical, um, to not be meeting together. And, and, um, I think that, yeah, I think too, that you can, we were talking about being involved in politics, but I think it's like, you should, you should be moving through your, you know, work life and your engagement with parents at school with boldness to proclaim the gospel in calling tyranny, tyranny, mm -hmm. right? Living um, not by lies. Living not by lies. This starts not, with... Not living afraid, yeah. um, you know, as you, mm -hmm. most of your, most of your uh, audiences, women, if there are some men living there or uh, listening to you, you know, men don't have a ton of time to go fight tyranny in the public square, but we got a lot of time at work. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to not be living by lies at work. If you see tyranny at work, if you see dishonesty at work, people being mistreated at work, mm -hmm. you need to stand up for that. And you need right. to say, no, this is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And and move in that way um, with boldness, knowing that mm -hmm. uh, I work for Christ, not for anybody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I, I'm glad you said that because... Not everyone is going to go stand in front of a county commissioner, right? Or there's run not for only governor. one. Right. There's not only one way to do this. It starts with, but it, it starts first of all. It's as basic as what I just said: living not by lies. Do not be, do do not be beholden ultimately to um, 
lies of culture or the world or the devil and allow those things to dictate, you know, what you value, what you hold dear, how you live your life, how you engage in the world. Um, you have, if, if you're a Christian and if you have a Bible, you have absolute truth in your hands and that is not meant to only impact your mind and soul, but to allow to transform you in such a way that you go out and you share that with others. Um, and God is ultimately the one you're not called to be the Holy spirit. You're not the Holy spirit. Let's be clear about that. But you are, um, you are supposed to share the gospel, which God will use in people's lives who he has called and who are his, who are ultimately he, he's going to do that work with or without you. But the question is, do you want to be in, do you want to be part of it? Do you want to be engaged? Do you actually want to see God work? Do you want to see miracles? Cause he's doing them every day uh, again with or without us, but he does allow us to get to be a part of that. And it's, I mean, one of the coolest things as a believer to actually share the gospel with someone and see, you know, and see that seed fall on soil. You know, you don't always see, uh, you know, you don't always see that, that seed, uh, grow up that very day into a plant, but you can continue to water and garden and just do the, the small work of, um, praying for that person and, and being available to them and all of that. But I think that, um, you know, as far as how you be involved, uh, I, I would start with your own personal convictions, living not by lies. And then that needs to kind of in this ripple effect, move out from your own heart and mind to the spheres of influence that you are a part of, whether that is your children, your household, your street, you know, like we were saying with the trash in the yard, your neighborhood, uh, your city, your state, all of, and then all of the organizations and institutions you're a part of, whether that be your workplace, um, a, a business that you run, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, your school, like what, what else your, your church, I mean, yeah, serving I mean, in the local church. Yeah, and I think it's important too. It's like, don't, don't ignore, um, don't ignore your convictions about what is going on in the world. You know, like if you, mm-hmm. if you, you know, let's say you have a kid in public school and you hear about a public school, one state over one city over, that is starting to teach like you know is having transgender story hour go to your school board meeting and start asking hard questions about hey my what is my kid going to be learning what are they going to be doing tell me exactly what they're doing there if if your kids go to public school all of that information has to be shared it's Mm -hmm. the law Right. So you demand that they share that information with you, share curriculum with you. If they share curriculum with you and that curriculum is unacceptable to you, make your voice heard, find like-minded parents and go to those school board meetings and, and make, they also have to provide an alternative. Yeah. And make it known that that is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Make it known that that is unacceptable. And you, you would be, you would be shocked at the stories that you can read of a group of 15 parents going to a school board and getting something reversed because these school board people don't want to fight because they don't have the conviction that you do. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. They're doing what they're told. They don't have the conviction that you do. And a lot of them don't even have kids in the school. Yeah. And I mean, for these local boards, like to run for them, run for these positions. Like if you, you know, those are those are a little more attainable for for yeah. for most people than local you know, school boards like or or nothing. city yeah. council or whatever like 
you know, if you have young kids, that that's probably not maybe going to be something you do with your time right now, but you can certainly still be vocal. You can be engaged. You can send emails. You can call your elected officials. You can um, speak up. And notice that up till now, I have not even mentioned social media. So I feel like, you know, let that be the last thing on your list of to-dos. Like, uh, our call is not to be slacktivist warriors, like slacktivism. Keyboard hammer. Yeah, oh, like, okay. yeah, There, there's certainly a time and a place uh, to be vocal on social media. I, I don't discourage people from that. Obviously, I'm very vocal on social media, but... What? <laughs> But, you know, I, I just want to be up front, too, and, and just share this from a, you know, from a, a standpoint of being transparent that my audience is people who are like-minded. Like, that's who follows me. If someone doesn't like what I say, they unfollow. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not as vocal on my personal Facebook page or personal Instagram because those people, like, you know, I, I just kind of recognize that, look, most of the time... Um, uh, throwing up a story on Instagram about some political thing, it's it's not going to change anyone's right. mind. Most right. of the time, that's really not going to do a whole lot. It might spark some debate, some, you know, a dumpster fire if it's, if it's Facebook and the comments go crazy, which, you know, has happened to me before. Um, there, there might be a time and a place for that. Maybe you feel convicted about that. Great. Fine. That's not really primarily what we're talking about. Like, just kind of get that out of your mind and think about all the other ways that you can have influence and all the other ways you can stand up, all the other ways you can be vocal. Um, and, and think about those in your real life, like your actual spheres of influence. Um, I just wanted to say that because I think sometimes people get hung up and they're like, yeah, I got to go post on social media. And it's like, that may be something, but that's kind of like the last thing that you really need to worry about. It's not the most effective, Um, And it's really not where minds and hearts are changed or even policies are changed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... And you're not even on... I mean, like, Joey, for example, (laughs) is not even barely on social media. And he's been very engaged and active, like, recently with politics. I mean, you've been, you know, calling lawyers, talking to them about possibilities of recalls or, Uh you know, pushing back on our our county uh, officials who are... Yeah, and going I think cray. that's they are going cray, and they, that's a nice way to put it. But I think that's too something we forget is like a lot of the work in enacting change takes a little bit mm-hmm. of time. It does take time, right? And um, I think we what, want instant gratification, right? And I think that what has been helpful for us is that we have a community of people, a community of believers, who are like minded, who understand the Bible, who understand and share the, our Christian worldview. And, and beliefs that we have been able to lean on and kind of share some of the burden of this stuff with as well, right? Um, and that's the beautiful thing about the community of, of Christ is that um, that's that's what we're here for, you mm-hmm. know? We're here to, to spur each other on. We're here to, you know, check each other to make sure that, hey, are you is your anger causing you to sin? Mm-hmm. Because there, is, there, there have been times where mm-hmm. our anger has caused us to sin. And luckily we were able to, to kind of, you know, have someone call us out and we've seen that and, and, you know, apologized, we've, we've apologized repented. and repented and, but, but there is, there is righteous anger mm-hmm. and, and, and that's okay. We just need to make sure that it doesn't cause us to sin. Um, all that to say is that don't be overwhelmed. I think if my if I have any encouragement, and maybe we're running out of time here, mm-hmm. but 
is don't be overwhelmed with the possibility of like, I have to go be the mayor or the governor or yeah. this, that or the other. It's like, no, start. Yeah. Like Haley Star said, start as close as possible to home mm-hmm. and, and move out from there and get a group of like-minded individuals, you know, mm-hmm. um, like you said, I've been talking to a few lawyers. We cannot afford to hire a lawyer on our own, right? Mm-hmm. But we have 20 to 30 families that we've come to know and love and care about who all of us could mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. you know, um, if it if it comes to that, yeah. you know, and or, you know, we we, you know, it's kind of scary to go to a commissioner's meeting, but not if you have 30 or 40 families together mm-hmm. to all go at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you have people cheering you on and supporting you and taking your kids to the bathroom when you go to speak. And right. Yeah. I, I think, um, too, I just want to say like, if, if you're not sure what this looks like for you, um, what I would say is be firm in your conviction, be resolute in your conviction and pray for God to make clear to you opportunities for you to exercise that conviction. Mm. You don't need, like, in all in all reality, you don't need to go out there drumming up opportunities for yourself. Just hang tight. They will come. I promise they'll come. Maybe, maybe they've already come, but you weren't really in this mindset where you were resolute and, and in this place of strong conviction that would have mm-hmm. caused you to stand firm. And maybe you've missed some, but that's okay. God's going to bring... There, we are in such a time of upheaval and cultural um, malaise, like that, that I I don't doubt that every single person listening will have opportunities come to you where you actually get a chance to stand up, whether that is just in a conversation with a person or in a larger group or in a, in a public setting or in the public square, whatever it may be, be concerned first and foremost about your heart before God, and then ask him to make clear to you where and how you stand up and where and how you glorify him. Um, and uh, you know, where I, I you think have influence, right? Where, where can, show me where I have influence. Yeah. Show yeah. me where I have influence and, and make that influence you. And and, of co- and children are no small thing here. Like right. <laughs> shepherding your children is not a, it's not like a throwaway. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually, that's your primary calling as a Christian parent. Like is, yep. I mean, obviously I'm your not, spouse. I'm not saying they're your number one yeah. love God, of your life. God but, first, then spouse, right. then children. Yes. Thanks for clarifying You're that. Well, well, you know, I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> I did know that. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I hope that's helpful and I, I just want to encourage everyone. I think we're all going to mess up. Joey and I have not done this perfectly. We are not shining examples of doing this perfectly or even well, right. but we are people of conviction and we do desire to glorify God above everything else and everyone else. And we are willing, as evidenced by our life, we are willing to lose everything for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of holding fast to God's truth and to him and saying, no, I, I won't live by lies. Like, I won't, I won't glorify uh, your sexual preferences, friend. You know, mm-hmm. I will be canceled for, you know, for, for standing firm on that, on that definition and, Um, and so like there has been, it has not been without personal cost. Um, and it may not be without personal cost for you either. Like Mm -hmm. you may, you, Mm -hmm. it will cost you. The Bible is clear that 
if there's one guarantee for the Christian life, it is suffering. And, um, but, um, as second Corinthians four seventeen says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And so, um, we are able to suffer well and to labor for the glory of God because the weight of glory is so much greater than the weight of anything that we endure here. Mm-hmm. So any final words? No, that's it. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, uh, to speak to you. I feel like this is a sacred, sacred space I'm in here. <laughs> this is this is my office, which is off of our master bedroom, and you work here too. So nice which try. Which used to be my office, <laughs> but you took it over yeah. when our third daughter was born. Yes. Um, would you like a history of our home? No, okay. they wouldn't. But they wouldn't. No. What I would say as a final parting thought is like you, like Haley said, if you've missed your opportunity, there will be more. Like. As people, we kind of sat on our hands last year, to be honest, mm-hmm. to be transparent. And um, I think that that we kind of had a check in our spirit about why we sat on our hands and it was it was not the right reasons. And so um, be bold in your conviction. Uh, fear no one, because if you are in Christ, the battle is already won and nobody can nobody can do anything to you um, eternally, you mm-hmm. know, Um and and uh keep the faith and be strong and um yeah go out and be be uh like snakes be a snake be a snake (laughs) why is a serpent why is this a serpent innocent as a dove dove. gentle innocent i don't know one of those two maybe both yeah all right guys thanks joey you're welcome Haley. goodbye now bye All right, guys, that is all I have for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Come find me on Instagram at hayleywilliams.kindled and uh, make sure and leave a rating and review if you have not done so. It really helps the podcast be found by new listeners uh, who will benefit from hearing it and maybe even hear the gospel for the first time. All right, guys, have a great day and I will see you soon.